this place has been kicked, it's been battered, it's been bruised, and I can sit up here and give you coach speak all day long. I can give you, uh, you know, hey, we're going to win this many games. I can't, but none of that matters, and you guys don't want to hear it anyway. You've had enough of that shit, so excuse my language. All right, here's what I do know, is that this team is going to take on the identity of this city, all right, and the city's been, been down and it's found a way to get up. All right, it's found a way to uh, overcome adversity. All right, and so this team's going to be built on. Uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth. All right, and, and when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. All right, and we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. All right, and on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap, and we're going to get up. And then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you before. Before long, where are they going to be the last one standing? All right, that's going to be the mentality. I mean, that's up there for one of not only the greatest introductory press conferences, but one of the greatest, if not the greatest, press conference of all time. That was the new Detroit Lions head coach, Max. Your Detroit Lions got rid of your guy, Matt Patricia. <laughs> This past season, so yep. they brought in a new guy, Dan Campbell. Your Jets also brought in someone new, Robert Sala, the defense, the former defensive coordinator now of the San Francisco 49ers. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Max, a lot has happened since you were last on Old School Sport. Missed your buddy last week. How's everything going? Good. Doing good. Yep. All right. Well, a lot has happened, including Kyrie is now back with the Nets. They played the big three, the new big three of him, Durant, and Harden were on the court for the first time last night. We'll discuss that a little bit later in the show. We are now heading into championship weekend in the NFL. Last week, we'll recap the divisional round. I'll touch upon a little MLB free agency, but first, it's our list of the week. We didn't do one last week, me and Nikolai, but this week, since Max is back, we are doing one. And this time, it is the top three player matchups in championship games we would have liked to see or would like to see in the future. And I got inspired for this list because I was thinking about it last weekend, and we had a great quarterback matchup. In the NFC, two of the greatest to ever do it, Tom Brady and Drew Brees, when the Bucks took on the Saints. And then this week, we have another great quarterback matchup in Brady versus Rodgers. And, and there are so many possibilities to have a great quarterback matchup. Now, nothing against Josh Allen, but he's not on that level of these four guys left just yet. But it could be Brady versus Mahomes. It could be... Rodgers versus Mahomes. Talk about old school versus new school. Talk about the past versus the present. That would be an unreal matchup. Either either way it goes. So Max, let's start with our lists. Coming in at number three for you. Let's hear it. Uh, number three, I would like to see um, Kobe against uh, Jordan in uh, 98. Was almost happened. Okay, so Max, that's actually funny because I have a twofer just because I didn't want to repeat myself with a, a certain player. But for me, it's Kobe versus LeBron or Kobe versus Shaq. Just because 
I, I don't think, I mean, when he passed away, I feel like we started to appreciate him more. But I don't think, I, I think people forget sometimes how close Kobe was to Jordan on so many different levels, whether it's as a player, relationship-wise. Not many people are built like those guys, but Kobe and LeBron were our modern-day Jordans, and to get two of them overlapping is pretty special to me. And then obviously the Kobe and Shaq is more so just because of how things played out in L.A., and I know they ended up being friends, were friends, according to Shaq, throughout the entire process. But at the heat, at the peak of all the tension, I would have loved to have seen that matchup in the finals. Yeah. No, it almost uh, it almost happened in 98 when, they, uh, played, when the Lakers played the Jazz. And that, that was like, you know, uh, in Shape Shack too. And I, I would like to see that uh, Bulls team. Um, really go at Shaq because people forget those Bulls scene they were really big they had Robin but I would like to see Robin and Shaq go at it too you know yeah so, that was a young Kobe so that would been no that would, that definitely would have been cool to see yeah we almost had it yeah no no and then yeah so I really think that so many matchups could have been great with Kobe Kobe and LeBron almost happened in two thousand nine Kobe and yeah that's Sha- another one that's another one of mine too I mean that's kind of obvious though yeah yeah and Kobe and Shaq for me. I, you know, uh, I can't tell you which year it could have happened or was the closest to happen, but I do know growing up that with Shaq with Heat, they were always uh, a great team. And then the Lakers growing up it were never a bad team with me. So it could have happened any year. It didn't work out that way, but I would have loved to see that matchup when the peak of the tension was occurring between Shaq and Kobe. All right, number two for you, Max. Number two for me, it is Shaq against uh, Dwight Howard. Okay, all right, yeah. <laughs> only I mean, be, only because Dwight's always been. I mean, the last podcast, people know I don't really like Dwight, but you know, it, it would have been the battle of the Superman. I mean, another thing too about Dwight is that he just took Shaq's whole nickname, whatever. So whatever team Shaq was on, you could pick, like you know, for doing a fantasy world, or whatever. I would have loved just to see those who go at it, to see who's the uh, quote-unquote Superman out of those two. But, you know, we all know Shaq. But it's just, I would love to see Dwight Howard just get embarrassed. Yeah, and honestly, Dwight started off on such a great career path. But when you really look at their two resumes, (laughs) there's only one Superman. And Dwight (laughs) Dwight could have been something special. Dwight could have been on the same track as Shaq, but he blew his opportunity. His personality, his character blew any shot that he had. You know what it was, too? It's those things, too, but Dwight just never had a good post move. He still doesn't. Dwight really knows how to post up. What Dwight should have been in his whole career, I started going on a tangent, but he should have just been a high-screen-and-roll guy, just roll the basket, catch oops once in a while, get a post up here and there. But, you know, he thought he was some kind of post-up guy. Do people ever realize why Dwight didn't win in Houston, why he didn't win towards the end in Orlando? He didn't know how to post up. Okay, can I just say one thing? I, again, I'm yeah, not, go ahead. at this point, I'm not the biggest fan of Dwight, right? And I do think that his ego got the best of him. But, Max, the only reason why I'll disagree with you about that, I, I, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that he didn't have a post move. What I'm saying is he took 
the 2009 Magic, he was the main piece. Yeah. I remember I remember some names like Jameer Nelson, Hito Turklu. He was a franchise player at one point, yeah. even without the post move. So I think he could have stayed on that track. I mean, he was a defensive player of the year winner. He, you know, he was able to dominate the game. Yes, he didn't have a post move, but there were things Shaq, couldn't do as well. Not ma- I'm not saying that there are many things he couldn't do, but it's not like Shaq was a perfect player. No. And he still dominates. So I just think that Dwight, again, the biggest thing that got in his way was Dwight himself. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Number two, you know, number two is tough for me because there's so many... So many matchups that I would like to see at the NFL. And number one is a little biased for me. But number two, I'm going to go a prime Rodgers versus a prime Brady. I think oh, that yeah. these two guys... Now, again, with the NFL, it's a little tough because it's not like they're going directly against one another. They both play the same position. But a prime Brady on that New England dynasty... Versus prime Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Max. Really, Aaron Rodgers, if it wasn't for the one Super Bowl ring, you could argue is the greatest quarterback of all time. He makes such tough throws look so easy. He makes it look like he's having a catch in the backyard. It looks like he just flicks his wrist and the ball just magically ends up in the perfect spot. So I think those two in their primes, and I'm still very excited for this weekend, but it's not, we're not getting them at their highest level, even as great as they are playing right now. Prime Brady, prime Rodgers would have been a great matchup for, for yeah. so many different reasons. Mm-hmm. No, that's then, a good one. And then who's the top of your list, Max? I mean, this one, like you said before, it's our, it's the biggest thing that I think in my life, I'm probably going to regret not seeing basketball. I mean, a lot of basketball fans. It's Kobe and LeBron. I mean, you know, it's got to be that, no? Yeah. I mean, again, that came in at number three for me. And I I, I mean, it could have been much higher if I wasn't yeah. such a big NFL fan. But, yeah, Max. I mean, again, two legends. The two guys that most rival Michael Jordan in terms of greatness. Yeah. <sighs> It, it, that that would have been such a great matchup. Such a great match, matchup. Now, Max, you know, for me, not not to, you know, I'm not I'm not attacking you. I would have loved to seen a Kobe Bryant versus LeBron James on the Heat matchup. Oh, are you kidding me? I would have loved that. The only reason why for storyline is for me. Kobe stayed with one team. Like, for me, I could never see him doing what LeBron did. And again, over the years, I realized it's not that big of a deal. Like, looking back on it, I'm like, we all overreacted. But at the time, to think Kobe would have done something like that, you're crazy. Well, I mean, he almost went to the Clippers that no one wants to talk about, but I don't want to bring it up. Okay, but he didn't, Max. He didn't. (laughs) He almost went to the Bulls and Pistons and the Suns, but yeah, I'm, yeah. <laughs> but no, I get, I get your point. <laughs> and again, and again, it's not like he didn't play with. 
I mean, you could argue that Shaq is the greatest player to. And you know what though? There's another thing too about those. He if that would have happened, you know, D Wade and, and Kobe too, one and two shooting guards in the league, whatever at that time. That would have been something, too. Well, okay, Kobe was one, and then there was, like, a big gap. Big gap. Well, I mean, listen. Huge you gap. Do, Biggest you're a smart gap guy. you Look could up, imagine. You're a smart guy. Look at D-Wade's uh, 09 season. No, I'm just kidding. I just, that time I was taking a shot at you. But, um, no, that would have been, yeah, I, I mean, even that would have been a great matchup. Just, yeah. I mean, yeah, that would have been great to see. And then number one for me, Max, and, again, this is biased, right? And I was fortunate enough to see one of their matchups. They played against each other three times, I believe. I would have loved to have seen a Manning Bowl in the Super Bowl. I was Bowl. just, I was just gonna say that's yours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because again, it doesn't get much better than that. I know we had two brothers face off as coaches when the Ravens yeah. took on the the 49ers, the Harbaugh brothers. But, yeah, number one for me would have been, that would have been really cool to see Eli Manning take on Payne Manning. And, obviously, Eli and the Giants would have won because Eli blew Payne out of the water when it comes to playoff stats. Anyway, and playoff performance. Anyway, Max, let me just touch upon the MLB for agency because I haven't been doing a good job with that, and I want to focus on the two New York teams primarily. Yeah, Victor, real quick. I thought you guys were getting Springer. What the hell happened? Well, that's what I wanted to talk about. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. One of my – remember when we did the Chris, Christmas list, Max? My, uh, yep, yep, yep. One of them was, you know, as the new owner, all the talking that you're doing about spending the money and everything, make the big move, go out and sign George Springer. We haven't had a true center fielder since Carlos Beltran, right? I'll admit, I was disappointed when I see when I saw they didn't get Springer. However, two things. One, the Lindor trade really makes it that much more okay with me because Lindor is one of the most exciting, one of, if not the best shortstops in the game right now. To be able to get him for what we got him at for cheap, not giving up a high-touted, highly-ranked prospect, right, makes it mm-hmm. that much more bearable, right? Number two, don't love giving a center fielder, really any any baseball player besides maybe a pitcher, right? Mm-hmm. But center fielder especially with how much ground they have to cover. Don't love giving a 31-year-old a six-year deal and 30 more million dollars than what we want to pay. So I'm okay. Dan, he's, thir- he's 31? He's 31, yes. I did not know that. Yeah. Jeez. He's not in the division, which I'm okay which, uh, with, obviously. But uh-huh. I saw JT Riamuto is getting garnering interest with the Braves. I would hate to see that because I did want them to sign him and they settled for James McCann. But again, the Lindor trade makes everything more okay. Good for the Blue Jays. I, think I do like that trade. Lindor? Yeah, I thought that was a great move. Absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. Didn't give up much, like I said. No highly ranked prospects because the Mets were talking about building up their farm system again. I think he's exciting. I think he's clutch. I think he's a great def- uh, defensive player. I think he can hit the ball. He's fast. Think he's, he's a good guy? What happened? You think he's a good guy? I do. I do. <laughs> I do. I do. I just, I just want to say he's a great guy. I love when people, I love when people say that when they don't really know like any of these athletes. Oh, he's a great guy. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. I know, I, I know, <laughs> I know. But um, you know who's not a great guy? Who also I wanted to bring up? 
Mets former Mets general manager Jerry. Oh, Kirby. I mean this guy. <laughs> I mean, talk about. I said, I said it last, but it's it's pretty funny. Ah, uh, it's cringy. It's yeah. disgusting. It's uh, it's really. I mean, talk about a stalker. Talk about a creep. Talk about a pervert. That's Jared Porter. And the Mets absolutely made the right move, firing him the next morning. 37 days as general manager. I mean, and, and you know, again, I don't think it's the same old Mets because the Wilpons would have dragged it out, right? But one-year anniversary, Carlo, <laughs> Carlos Belchon gets fired for oh, a scandal that he didn't even take part in with the Mets during, right? And then uh-huh. 2016, Max, the Jared Porter incident happened. Five years later, now it comes out of nowhere. Like, give me a break, yeah. okay? But the Mets absolutely made the right call getting rid of him. 37 days as a general manager. That has to be up there as one of the shortest 10 years as a general manager. Getting back to the players, though. You know, the Yankees made some moves as well. They re-signed DJ LeMay, too, which was a big... Big, yeah. um, big player. I was kind of hoping the Yankees, even though I'm a Yankees fan, I was kind of hoping they didn't sign him, so I could just go on a rant and tell Yankees fans to wake up. But they signed him. But I'm still gonna tell Yankees fans to wake up. Wake up with what? What? Oh, just every year. This is our year. It's oh, like, oh, I know. Yeah, I mean, it's just you know, I can't stand it. These Yankees fans act like you know we've done something. Oh, we've made it to the ALCS. Yeah. This is this is what you're supposed to do when you're a Yankee and you have a high payroll and you have all this talent on the team. Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. Oh, no. but we're injured. Okay, sweet. I don't care. Wait. Yeah. I mean, I, I know I'm sorry, like an old man, the injuries thing, but it's just like in the postseason. I don't know what ha- I don't know what happens with this team. I've had enough of it. The excuses. It's this. It's that. It's just like you know what? Until they win, I don't care. Yeah. Well, Max, I think you're. Right with the injuries. I mean, injuries are part of the game. I like. Yeah. I don't understand at this point. Not many teams really get a a lot of sympathy when. But you know what it is though. It's always Judge and Stanton. Always this match yeah. we get biggest guys on the field. Always injured. Yeah. No, do, some, do some yoga, fellas. Put the weights yeah. down. Get those hip. Get those hips loose. I know. You know what's crazy, Max is. When it comes to injuries in sports, you'd think that there'd be less because of how well these guys train and focus yeah. on nutrition and all that. And yet, to me at least, I feel like these guys train to the absolute max that their body can handle. And it's like one tweak or one wrong move, it's like their body breaks down. Do you ever get that sense? No, I was just going to say, I mean, I'm trying to compare like, you know, football basketball and then there's well, baseball it's the same i i mean max and well okay I, baseball i think is well the, no no no. my point is that these guys are running like you know non-stop yeah yeah you get injured once in a while roll ankle or something like that right but in baseball these guys run down a, down the first base and they pull a hamstring but then you know those guys in basketball football who like look at tyree kill he'll catch a slant take it to the house 100 yards nothing happened to him baseball you hit a ground ball with pitcher and he's pulled you know lebron goes full court back to back plays nothing happens well, but, you know, it's just weird. It's just weird how they pull hammies no, in baseball left and right. Yeah. No, I know. But but again, Max, what I wanted to say before you rudely interrupted me. Well, I'll do it again. <laughs> football and basketball are so much more nonstop. And when I say nonstop, I'm not saying like I understand the NFL 
there's stoppage in play in basketball. It seems like every possession there's a foul now. But endurance, conditioning is a lot more important when it comes to those two sports than it is with baseball. So I I don't know. I I personally think it's an all-round sports thing, but it is crazy. Like you said, baseball, you run 90 feet, and these guys somehow manage to screw up their body to get injured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. Um. All right, well, this baseball segment lasted a little longer than all I wanted to say about the Yankees, too, is they signed Corey Kluber, and I'm not saying that he can't be effective, and I'm not saying that they didn't address a need in pitching, but the last two seasons he's thrown a combined 36-plus innings pitched. This isn't the same Corey Kluber of old, at least not not the last two seasons he hasn't been. So for this to be their only move at the starting pitching position, it's a questionable one at best because you're putting a lot of stock in one guy who's missed a lot lot of time, and it's a very risky move in my opinion. Very risky Yeah, you know, I thought – at first I was like, what the hell are we doing? But then I'm like, you know what? I don't know. It's not the worst move. I like it's only a one-year deal because it doesn't work out. You know, it's whatever. Um, I would still like them to get another pitcher. Like, what's going on with Bauer? I thought he'd be signed by now. Bauer, Bauer is taking his time. Bauer, I don't know if you've kept up with him on Twitter. He's a very, very charismatic. He's a very, yeah, I see him always tweeting, like, side eyes with yeah, like, teams. Like, some fans ask him. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he just – I think he's enjoying the moment right now. I think he's enjoying the trolling. He's taking his time. He it, This is – I, I want to say this is his first time in free agency, so I'm sure he's having fun with it. Yeah. Right? So I don't think he's in any rush. I think, I think he has a strong idea of where he's going to go, but I think he's going to take his sweet time with it. Oh, and, and to your point, Max Kluber – wanted a one year deal. He wanted to prove himself. So I yeah. also I also like that in the Yankees favor because if it's the right guy with the right work ethic, right attitude, yeah. and they want to prove themselves on the one year deal, a lot of times they that's when they play their best ball. Yeah, it's a pro it's a you know it's your basic uh prove it deal really. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. All right, Max, let's get into some NBA. Now, we're a couple weeks into it. I still think it's very early in the year. I, I, I still, I, I think the argument could be made that it's right up there with baseball in terms of no, it is. How, it's getting to that point. how meaningless, not, not even meaningless, but how uninterested, how, how lackluster the early season games are. Just because mm-hmm. you kind of have a sense of how things are going to play out and teams, I'm not, I'm not saying teams don't give it their all in the early part of the season, but you know things ramp up as the season yeah. prolongs and when the playoffs come around. But Max, Kyrie returned to the court for the first time since his weak absence. His response, his reasoning was he just needed a pause. He said he's been in contact with his teammates throughout he returned with 37 points. It seemed like he didn't miss a beat. However, him and the big three of Kevin Durant, James Harden, and the rest of the Nets did lose to the Cavaliers in double overtime. 
Max, first off, let's let's start with Kyrie. Let's start with one third of the big three. Was his explanation good enough t- for you? Like, if you were a Nets fan, would you just be like, "All right, no problem. We're back. We're 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 back. We're you know, Kyrie's back. Everything's back to normal." Uh, well, if I was a fan, I watched some of that his uh, interview, or whatever. It seems to me that he's just like just disinterested in playing, but just with his tone, or whatever. Not that I'm a minor or anything, but as a fan, no, I'd be a little hesitant for him. But if you know, if I was a, his teammate in the locker room and he's telling me these things while they're happening, then I'm fine with it. So you know, as long as his locker room's fine and his coaches, you know, the front office, you know, whatever management teammates know what's going on, the media doesn't need to know. Really, the fan base doesn't really need to know. It'd be nice for them to know, but. At the end of the day, if your teammates are cool with you and everything's going on, and you head coach, coach whatever, I think it's it's I think it's all good. But you know, I, I don't think he's really interested in playing. To be honest with you, there's, there's a lot going on with him, I guess. So, as a fan, I don't think it would be good enough. But I do like your point, saying that as long as everything in the locker room is fine, then it's okay. Because at the end of the day, really, all that matters right now is the team chemistry, the team flowing, especially with a new big piece in Harden. You know, you don't want outside distractions, right? So if Kyrie kept them updated, I I guess it's all right, okay? I'm not sure how much I can believe Kyrie, though, because like you said, I think he's a wild card. And I, I, I still don't see this big three working, but with Kyrie in particular whether it's mentally, whether it's he's disinterested, whether he isn't focused, whether it's a physical injury. I can't hold him accountable to be. I can't have confidence that he will be on the court. I can't I can't put my trust into that. I can't say with certain that he will be there when my team needs him the most. He's missed too much time, too much time these last couple of years for me to have confidence in him, for him to be that leader, to be that guy on the court. No, I, I mean, no, but yeah, it, it's it's definitely something that, uh, you know, it's cliche, but, you know, actions do speak loud and words with him. So I don't really know what his, I don't know what his goal is this year. Like, you know, I feel like the NBA, I feel like the Lakers are definitely the leaders. But, you know, in the East, anybody can come out. You know, Miami's Jimmy Butler. I mean, I'm going to rant for a second. But, you know, the Heat play the Wizards, and it's all of a sudden their fault that Bam missed a couple games, the whole team missed a couple games. Jimmy's still missing games. But, you know, it's, it's the Heat's fault. But that, that East is wide open. And, you know, this is in the NBA or any sport. If you get a chance to win a championship, you got to go all in. And, you know, the Nets, they're right there. They're, they're in the lead in the East with talent-wise. And if Kyrie's that one foot in, one foot out, then you know I don't know. If, I, I don't know if I was a Nets fan, what I would do. But if I was a teammate, and if he's telling us what updates with stuff, then you know you can kind of at least you know. Now, Max, do you think that they made the Harden move at all about fears with Kyrie? Can you say that again. Do you think that they made the Kyrie deal? Uh, the Harden deal because they had some fears about Kyrie. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I saw um 
Woj tweeted, or he went on ESPN, he said that it's, it's backup for Durant if he leaves in a couple years of free agency, because he can leave next year, or after uh, two more years, so he's got three years of option. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and Kyrie's always a little wishy-washy anyways with things, so it, it doesn't hurt to have one of Katie's friends on the team. Yeah, I agree with that, and again, we, we talked about Harden and KD already having played together in Oklahoma City when they began their careers. Max, I'm I'm still I I don't know with this big three. I re I'm really not and I was just saying it's got all your favorite players almost in it. Uh, yeah, I know. And and it's crazy for me to think that Kevin Durant is the most is the one that I can trust the most because I I think that it's going to be at some point if things don't go right, I I think we're playing with a ticking time bomb. I really do. I mean, that's a lot for a new head coach. Now, again, I know Steve Nash has, has experience playing with big NBA personalities, but as a new head coach, I feel like that's such a different job. That's such a difficult task your first year. Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely a lot for rookie head coach, too, to deal with the situation. Not, you know, he, Kyrie, the only thing I would say that is I heard he did not even tell, he, he told his players, but he didn't tell Steve what was going on. You got to tell your head coach what's at least going on. That's but, that. you know, Steve, Steve knew what he signed up for, in a sense, because, you know, Kyrie's not uh, a guy who, I'm trying to use the right words, but he's not, he's not the easiest guy to get along with. Oh, really? I, I couldn't tell from his time in Cleveland <laughs> or his time in Boston where players were saying that the team ran smoother without him in the lineup. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. I couldn't tell from his week-long absence where he didn't tell anyone. I couldn't tell from when he <laughs> called the media pawns. I mean... Yeah. And then, and then, Max, you know what's crazy is... I'm so upset with Kyrie, and he's not even my least f- favorite person on that team. I can't stand James Harden. I cannot believe the Nets traded for him. I really can't. I can't believe that Dan Tony went to Brooklyn to get away from him, and he now has to deal with him again. I can't. I really can't. I'm so... I, I just... I think this is one of the uglier big threes that has been formed, and the only thing that and, and you know what's crazy, Max? You know what's crazy is obviously there's a number one New York sports team, like the Giants, Yankees, and Knicks, right? And then there's a one B number two, not to, you know, put you guys down, but Jets, Mets, Nets, right? And also the uh, the Rangers are part of the one, Islanders part of the two. When both the Giants and or Jets are doing good, it's news. Yankees and Mets, it's news. Islanders, Rangers, it's not as popular, but it's still news, right? The Nets are so micro. They are so little in value, in newsworthiness. Like, I, I can't believe that Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving are all on the same team and Brooklyn gets as little attention as it does. I mean, does, does that happen in the city? Because last night I was watching ESPN and they talked about that loss of Cleveland. Like they lost Game 7 in the finals. It was on for like 
30 straight minutes. In New York, it does, dude. I really, I mean, I mean, granted, I'm in DC, but like, I really don't think anyone cares about the Nets. To me, the Nets are a color brand scheme. They have the black and silver, and that's it. And, and people wear them because those colors have been part of a culture for years now. I mean, I mean, black and silver is one of the most popular yeah. popular well you know what's, you know what's gonna happen with this team it's either if they're really bad ESPN New York media is gonna rip them if they're really good it's like oh well you guys should be good so yeah that's true it, that's true I don't that's know that's the way it's like, gonna be but but getting back to James Harden I just I think that that was the worst thing that the Nets could have done and I really would have waited out and seen because I don't think Bradley Beal is staying with the Wizards for oh, the rest of the season no. And Max, you know, I, I wanted to bring this up with you about your heat. You know, I understand you could have gotten Oladipo for nothing, right? Oh, don't get me started. Uh. But <laughs> I, I, I'm, I still think you guys will make the right move if you somehow pull off Bradley Beal. Yeah, I mean, I'll be a lot. Obviously, I'll be a lot happier if uh, they get Bradley Beal. But, you know, I'm sure you've probably seen my tweets, but they could have gotten Old Depot for so cheap. Well, no, you even you even mentioned it a couple weeks back. Yeah. I, I mean, my timeline is a little confused with everything that's happened. Uh, that's what happens in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, yeah. My, my time kind of fused together. But, Max, I really, I mean, we talked about Old Depot. Again, I understand you'd be getting him for cheap, but it's not like he's worth very much. I think he's a headache. I don't think he's that good. I mean, yes, maybe he would have been solid in the heat scheme. Yes, maybe Jimmy Butler, Pat Riley in the front office, Eric Spolstra would whip him into shape. Maybe he would have been just what the heat needed, someone that doesn't overpower the game, overtake the game. But I, I don't know. I, I, I think that you guys, you know, made the right choice. I, well, you do have to add more, but like if yeah. you end up getting Bradley Beal, I think it's a win, even if oh, you no. give up a little more. Well, no, the, the the thing is, is that the thing with Beal is that he's gonna have once he wants to trade, that he is gonna have so many suitors out to get him, and I feel like it's just gonna be a bidding war. It's gonna yeah, get you know. ugly with teams. Yeah, the thing with Little Depot is that everybody in the league knows he wants to go to Miami. I mean, I, I've been saying that when he was on the, uh, you know, la- during the pl- playoffs last year. And then, you know, Kevin O'Connor, the ringer's tweeting about it. And he's been saying it for a while, too, about, oh, yeah, everybody in my, or everybody in league circles, whatever the hell that is. I love when they say league circles. Like, what do you guys, league square isn't good enough? I, I, when they say that, I always get a good laugh. Yeah. League circles. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, uh, yeah, old people want to go to Miami. But at the same time, though, that's what comes to cheaper. I just feel like if you could have gotten Beal... And if you could have gotten Old Depot for a lot cheaper, but Beal, you can get, I mean, you're in the running for, obviously. I just feel like Denver could get him. I feel like Philadelphia could. Golden State could get him. I mean, there's just so many more teams that can get Bradley Beal. Teams aren't going to give out max contracts to Old Depot if he just wants to go to Miami That's or a trade for him. But Houston, you know, Houston's taking a chance on him, so who knows? He could, like like his uh, time in Houston, they can pay him now. Yeah. No, I know. I know. Now, Max, can I just ask you something? Because I, again, this is, this is kind of a front office question, so I'm not sure if you're going to know either. You know when okay. teams take on players and immediately cut them? and they yeah. ha- Okay. What, do you know, like, the requirements that they have to do that? 
like what the requirement is to do that? Like, can you do that with any player in the league and not have to pay their salary or what? Yeah, it depends on the uh, the salary one. Like, obviously, um, like you know, if the Nets were to waive James Harden, then a team with cap space could, uh, like you know, claim him. But most of the time, players get waived who are only making like you know two, three million. Doesn't really matter to your cap. Okay. And it's, and it's like you know, let's say like the Pistons like you. They're like, oh, some like twenty two year old kid got cut, and we had him high on our draft board two years ago. Oh, we're just claiming him two, three million, whatever. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. And then, okay, because I've been one, because I've seen moves like that, but again, I, you just remind me, it usually isn't a big time player. It's usually more of a veteran piece yeah. that can be a rotational guy, a key piece on the championship build team already. Yeah. Or they just do a buyout. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right. Um, and then finally, Max, I just, I, I wanted to ask you because. I've been kind of hard on them entering the year, and they've actually, they've actually had success early in this year. They've won their last five games and moved into the top spot in the Western Conference. The Los Angeles Clippers, George Kawhi, have been playing well. Max, do you think that this is a big deal as early as it is in the year? Do you do you think that they've figured things out and bought into Ty Lue's system? Uh, I mean, I was a little more higher on them than you were. <laughs> That's not really saying much because yeah, you, no. you hate to see them. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I don't. I mean, yeah, it, it's good to see they're you know they're playing well. But I, I still don't think they're there yet. I think defensively they get you know they get kind of they pick and choose they don't want to play, which is you know which is whatever in the NBA teams do that. It's a long season. Uh, the only thing I don't really like about this team is. When they get slapped in the mouth with any adversity, they they, they they crumble. And that's the one thing, like, I mean, last year, look what happened in Denver. I mean, not in Denver, in the bubble. Look what happened, you know? They lost 3-1 and whatever. They started blame game, whatever. I still see that on this team. You know, that Golden State game a couple, uh, I was like a week ago. They were up to almost the whole game. Golden State gets hot, and they just like, oh, I don't know what to do. So, I mean, good for them. They're playing a little bit better. But until playoff time, I'll believe it. No, Max, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal at all, Max. We are 20 games into the season. And Isn't that what I just said? I I know. I'm going now. I was oh, not, I, thought, I thought you were like telling me, like, no, it's not. No, no, but you know what? If someone's feeling guilty, if the shoe no. fits, I mean, I'm not relax. feeling guilty. No, I mean, I don't know. You got defensive. Relax. I'm just. Oh, no, because you hate this Clippers team. I said, yeah, you know, no, I, do. Well, I, was hi- I was hiring on them. You were. Okay, so first off, not I don't hate the Clippers team. Ah. I like Kawhi. You like and you like playoff P. Playoff P is one of my favorite players in the league, and you know, <laughs> you know, Ty Lue is my favorite to win Coach of the Year. But Max, <laughs> no, seriously, like you said, Max, any sort of advers- adversity that comes their way, they crumble. They are not a mentally tough team besides Kawhi Leonard. That's because no one else on this team, besides Ibaka as well, has really won anything. Okay, Paul George has not. Oh, sorry, sorry. Playoff P has not won anything. Lou Williams has not won anything. Uh, Patrick Beverly has not won anything. Um, these guys, these guys are soft. I think that they do not have a true coach. 
I think that they are playing on talent and talent alone right now. And it's great when things are hitting or clicking on all cylinders. But when this team falls into a slump, it gets bad. It gets ugly. So, no, I don't think it's a big deal. But, Max, I, I just wanted to give you an opportunity. Lonzo Ball, you sent me that article. There's been a couple yeah. teams that have shown interest in him. The Knicks, I'm not a fan of. Mavericks and Clippers. Max, I don't know about you. Both teams are in need of a point guard. And both teams, both teams, Max, it's not like they need a type, not type A. They don't need an elite point guard because they have superstars already on their roster. They just need someone to facilitate the ball and run the floor. And I don't know about you, but I think Lonzo Ball, I don't think Lonzo Ball will ever be a superstar. I think he no. he will be a good player in this league, but he'll never be the number one, number two option. I think he could work well on either of those teams. What about you? Yeah, um, like I said before, I thought uh, the Clippers look at Lonzo a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I think I think Lonzo will be like a 15-year uh, pro, which is, you know, that's obviously a great career. And, no, I think the Clippers definitely need, like, you know, the, the Pat Beverly thing, you know, it looks good in the regular season. But once you get to, uh, once you get to playoffs, you know, you, you got to get Paul George and Kawhi hit their spots. Lonzo, he can trust you, he can trust you get the, he can run the floor, uh, push tempo up a little bit more, get those guys running. Pat Beverly doesn't really do that. He likes a half-court offense, not really the greatest ball handler. And for the Mavericks, you know, the ball out of Lucas Hansel. He, he has, he's like a little mini James Harden, but people don't really like talking about it because they just, everyone loves Luca. I mean, I like Luca too, but you know, have you seen Luca this year? That he, He's got a little temper on it, but nobody's really says anything. Well, yeah, because honestly, Max, I think Luca's already in that media golden boy group. Oh, yeah. He can yeah, do nothing yeah. wrong. Now, mind you, I, I, I'm not speaking for you, but I don't, that doesn't really. Bother me. I'm, I'm like Luca, but it's just weird how the moment he's in the NBA, he could do no wrong. I don't know. Maybe because that's for another story, another day. But no, it's just <laughs> during the heat when the Heat went to Dallas this year, he like broke one of the monitors, and it's like, oh, look at Luca, how cute he is. Uh, it's like what? <laughs> yeah. If, that, if that's any other NBA player, oh, oh, look at look at this guy. What, what, what a hot head he is. Bad leadership, Luca. Oh, whatever. But no, sorry, I'll get back to Lonzo. Though. No, if I was Dallas, you know they like they they should run a little bit more too, because uh, Luca, like I said before, the James Harden thing, he, he has a, the ball in his hands way too much. It, it's kind of one of those. It, it's basically kind of the old Houston offense that they ran, but they have a little bit more better players like KP gets a little more touches. They don't they don't really have anyone else that can like you know bring the ball up, have Luca off ball a little bit more, get him cutting, get him you know moving up without the ball stuff like that. So. If I was a contending team, I would look at Lonzo Ball. I really would. I think he'd be a, he's a guy, a plug-and-play guy. He'd be great on any team. Yeah, Max, just to go back to uh, who was the player you were talking about, and then you said – Oh, well, uh, Luca, Luca. I'll, I'll, yeah. give you, I'll give you a couple names right now. If LeBron did it, yep. did that – pull that stunt – they would be ridiculing him. If Kyrie did that, they'd be saying yep. that he was just a head case acting out again. So, yeah, Max, and, and again, I don't – you know what the problem is, Max? The Knicks have been so bad and so – for so long now that 
and so uncompetitive that it's hard for me to really get into the games and really have both a love for my team and a a despise for any opposing team or the bigger names in the game. Like the Giants, I'll always love my team. And then I still hate, you know, when they play Aaron Rodgers or, you know, Aaron or Tom Brady can get under my skin, right? But the Knicks, it's like, no matter who they play, unless they do something in that moment, in that game to disrespect the team, that's when I'll really start to get into it. With Luka, I don't have a problem. I like him. I wouldn't say I love him, but he is part of that media golden boy group right now and where he can do no wrong. So that's no, I agree with you 100%. It's not like we dislike Luca. I, I think everybody likes Luca, but it's just like, I don't know. He just, he, he's a little underrated whiner too. I was yelling at the referees. I, I just, I don't care if you're on my team or not. Heat players, I can't stand whiners. I never could. Even when I played back in the day, exactly. I, I cannot just stand whiners or referee constantly. It's just, it's just annoying. Yeah. And you know where we dealt with some whiners, Max? A uh, couple of people when we used to play pick up basketball at Oswego. But, but Max. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, you want to put you want to put somebody's name in the face? No, or no. Face the name, too, I should say. Too too many people listen to this. Oh, wow, you're <laughs> so. coming from the top rope. I did not expect that. Um, no, I wasn't talking about you. No, I know. Oh, okay, no, I know. yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah, but trust me, too. Some people, some people thought they were still going to the NBA in the pickup games. <laughs> But um, Max, tell me, tell me if you disagree with me on this. But after this, we'll move on. Patrick Beverly, right? I mm-hmm. think he's one of those players that is more valuable and more critical to a team coming off the bench. Like, yes, he's capable of starting. Yes, he can start games. But I think he's so much more valuable to a team when he comes off the bench. He provides that that type of spark because he's such a tenacious, ferocious defender that it kind of like ups your team. No, I agree with that. The only guys I can see him starting for, like a Luca, right? Because Luca main, mainly has the ball in his hands. When he, he worked with James Harden, that was a good duo because you know Bradley can bring the ball up once in a while, but Harden had the ball in his hands. If, if he played with uh, LeBron. That'd be another good fit. But if he yeah. doesn't have a guy in his lineup at like a two or three guard that can bring the ball up most of the time, runs the offense, and him like off in the corner or, you know, secondary secondary ball handler, he's, he'd be a perfect fit. But no, off the bench, depending on the team, he's a lot better. Gives you that energy, you know, 15, 20 minutes, do whatever you want defensively, be annoying. So no, yeah, you know, he's definitely more suited for the bench. Yeah. All right, uh, Max. Anything else you want to touch upon in the NBA before we move on to the NFL? Uh, no, I'm 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 good. All right, so like I said, we'll first recap the divisional round this past weekend. Packers handled the Rams, thirty-two to eighteen. The Bills matchup between Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. The Bills beat the Ravens, seventeen to three. Lamar Jackson left that game early due to injury. The Chiefs held off the Browns, 22-17. Patrick Mahomes also left that game due to injury. He left and entered concussion protocol. His status is still up in the air this upcoming week for the AFC Championship game against those Bills. And then the Bucks, not once but twice in their third attempt, beat the Saints 30-20. Max. 
I thought all games were pretty good. All of them pretty entertaining. Any takeaways from the divisional weekend that you'd like to share? Chad Henney. <laughs> nice. I, I thought that was unbelievable. Nice. That, that scramble he had, even though he's a yard short. You tell me that wasn't awesome? What happened now? No, 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 no. Max. Okay, Max, 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 Max. You are on edge or something, my friend. You need to chill out. <laughs> I was... I was sharing in your excitement because I, I just wanted to focus on two plays. One, the third and 14. What an individual Gosh. effort by Henny to pick up those 13 and a half yards, right, Max? But the yeah. second thing, and, I, you know, my dad, I'll give it to my dad, the credit. He said, Andy Reid has balls, man, to Pass it on fourth and one with your backup quarterback on your own side of the 50 to ice the game. Max, both those plays, both those plays were outstanding. That was, you know, you know what it is now? Andy Reid's got that Super Bowl. Now he doesn't care anymore. You know, it's like, oh, I already won. I'm going to do what I want to do. And they ran the best play, too. Who's gonna stop Tyree Kill on a little cut like that on oh. the outside? No, nope, nobody is. And then, and then you can't even you have no chance of putting pressure on Henny because they rolled out to the right yeah. and they the entire offensive line shifted to the right as well. And, and you she, know, what I liked about that play call too is that they, uh, you know, they obviously looked like they were just gonna uh, run it down to like two or whatever and call a timeout or whatever like they usually do, try to get them off sides. They did it at like five or six on the play clock. So they're still, you know, it looked to me that uh, Cleveland was just sitting there like, oh, you know, we're just expecting a hard count, whatever. And then when he said hike, they're like, oh, shit. They like, they like woke up for a second. Well, Max, I think you're completely right. But Max, not only did they fool the Browns defense, Max, they fooled everyone in the stadium. They fooled everyone on TV. Max, they yeah. fooled the announcers. Did you hear? And, and first off, again, <laughs> Jim Nance and Tony Romo. I think are the best, best duo in the game, right? Tony yeah. Romo, I just love how much he like, just loves the game, the passion that he has. He sounded like an excited Chiefs fan himself. They were shocked, Max. And honestly, I don't know how well the communication is during play calls on team sidelines. I have a feeling some of the Chiefs players were shocked as well to that play call. Because Max Chad Henney, fourth and one oh, in your own territory. I mean, that's just nuts. You saying that out loud, baby life. I know. Chad, Chad I know. Henney, fourth and one. I know. I know. But it was one hell of a play call, right? Like you said, it was a perfect play call, and uh, you know, not many player, not many coaches would call that, Max. But you know what, coach would? The only coach in NFL history. Toast back to back to back championship games twice. He did it with the Eagles, and now he's done it with the Chiefs. That is amazing. Bet you the Eagles wish they had him back, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but Max, anything else for? I I have a couple of points that you could jump off of if you like, but um, I'll let you go first. Anything else you'd like to point out? Uh, 
from from that game or the Saints game too? Uh, any any of the games. Oh, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not the biggest Drew Brees fan, but uh, I definitely, I definitely felt bad for him a little bit. Not that I think he's like a bad person or anything, or I just don't like Drew Brees. He just looks old. Like it's definitely time for him to hang it up. Well, yeah, Max, I, you know, it, it was tough because three interceptions and. And Max, I learned this out this past week. The Saints, over a four-year span, have the most wins without a Super Bowl appearance in the NFL history. And Max, you really think about it. And, you know, yes, the Minneapolis miracle. Yes, the blown pass interference call against the Rams a couple years back in the NFC Championship. But... The Saints have been a very disappointing playoff team where you think they're the favorite to win it all, or at least, I mean, yeah. they definitely have a great shot. And it always, it, it seems like they've come up short the last couple of years, and they have. But Max Drew Brees, man, looked pretty bad. And now, listen, his wife shared that throughout the year he suffered – a couple of serious injuries. He had a torn rotator cuff, a torn fascia in his foot, eleven broken ribs, and the collapsed lung. Now, Max, I'm not I'm not saying that as an excuse. If you put on the pads, you're expected to go out there and perform. You're expected to go out there and get it done, right? But a man at his age, his play was already on the decline. Yeah. No, I think he's done. To come back from all those injuries, that's you know, and another tough. thing too. Go back to your. Well, another thing too to back up on your original point. A lot of those games they've had, they're, they've been home a lot too, losing game, playoff games throughout the years. Yeah, no. So but, that's another kind of bad look for them too. You, you get home field advantage, you're still losing games. Well, Max, and you know what's funny too? And, no, I mean, yeah, I don't like the excuse games either. And you know what's funny, Max is. It wasn't that oh, long. It what happened, Max? Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. Okay, I don't know if I lost it. No, it wasn't that long ago that the Saints at home were an unbeatable team. Like I remember, the Superdome was like, yeah, I, I, it was right yep. up there with Century Link Field in terms of home field advantage and it's it's waned over the years but in the playoffs you still think that the superdome would give them an unreal advantage and that hasn't been the case yeah especially this year with covid and everything too you know uh i was trying to say before i don't know if i, I don't know if I could, you could hear me or not but i know i don't like the excuse game like you said what his wife said what is he, 42 years old? That's kind of an excuse. I don't want to make it for him, but, you know, it's not like he's 32 out there with all these injuries. He's 42 now. So, he, I think, you know, he had a great career. It's time to hang it up. I I did. I, I, I believe you did get cut off a little, Max. I did hear that you don't like to play the excuse game. And, again, no, Max, I, again, I'm not saying he is 42, by the way, and I'm not saying that it didn't affect his play. But, Max, even prior – to the injuries, even going back to last yeah, year, the whole we year, saw right? a decline in his game. Yeah, and I just think that after yep. what he went through this year, 
again, his play still wasn't anything that special. It wasn't the Drew Brees of old. I think he's hanging it up. And honestly, when he took that one look back at the Superdome as a player on that field, that was tough to watch, man. And you know what? Yeah, that hurt. I, I know you're not the biggest fan of him, Max. I know you think that he's overrated. But looking back on it, Drew Brees was one of my favorite NFL players because I felt that he gave it his all each game, right? I love the story about him with the Chargers suffering that serious shoulder injury. It, there was a chance he was never going to throw another pass in the NFL again. Yeah. He rewrites his career with the New Orleans Saints. He wins them in that city, a Super Bowl, just a couple years after Katrina. I mean, the guy, he was a fierce competitor. He handled himself the right way on and off the field. Yes, he had some questionable comments this past year, this past fall. But you know what? No one's perfect, right? He was, <laughs> I forgot about that. He, he, yeah. He was one of my favorite <laughs> players growing up. I'm going to miss him from the game. And you know what? Again, he's one of those players you say Drew Brees only has one rings. Like It's almost like kind of shocking, just like I said before about Aaron Rodgers, right? I feel at times the Saints let him down with personnel, especially on their defense, okay? He'll go down still as one of the best to ever do it at the quarterback position. That was, that was very touching, Victor. I know. That was very touching. I know. I know. I, the, I have a lot of sides to me, Max. I really do. But, um... Uh, yeah, I, I didn't know what a heartthrob you are. Poet Victor. <laughs> but, but, um, but, Max, real quick, and then, um, if you have anything else, we can touch upon it, too. But, real quick, Packers and Rams... I just want, real quick... What? Shout out to uh, shout out Philip Rivers, too, retiring. Yeah, okay, uh, yeah, he's fun. You know, career loser. I mean, a career oh, come oh, up short. Oh God, here guy. we go. A, a career he had talent around him and he failed to get the job done. <laughs> oh my yes, God. he has a couple. Get over it, Victor. He has some wins. Get over what? I'm fine. He has no Super Bowl wins. My guy had two. That was the greatest trade, not only in Giants history, but you could make the case in sports history. I am so glad how things played out. I'm so glad I didn't have that evil-faced little kid fuck on my team. I've never liked him, never going to like him, okay? And I'm glad he's gone. I'm glad he's gone. I, I think the Colts wasted the year. I think the Colts, frankly, wasted the year. Really quick, the Packers and Rams game, Max, nothing nothing happened that game that I didn't expect to happen. I thought the Packers were the better team. I thought they were going to win. The only way that the Rams were going to have any shot is if they got pressure on Rodgers and ran the ball effectively. Rodgers had the whole thing in the world to throw. I don't know if you know this. And Aaron Donald, listen, again, another guy, no excuses. You put on the pads, he was a non-factor in that game, okay? Bills and Ravens, Max, I don't mean to be tough on him, right? And good for the Bills moving on to the AFC Championship. Lamar Jackson, man, 
I think a, a run game, a, having a run game is great, but at some point you're gonna have to make the throws. I'm start. My confidence is really thin with Lamar Jackson being able to be a quarterback at the NFL max, and I, I know that might sound a little harsh, but yeah, ever since yeah, that's a touch harsh. Uh, ever since the Steelers game, Max, where they had over 200 rushing yards on the ground and they failed to win that game, my my opinion of Jackson is changing. Just because, I mean, that game alone, you have two over 200 yards on the ground, the play action should be wide open, and you can't win that game, whether it's on the ground or through the air. You can't make the few throws you have to to win a game like that. And then against the Bills, Max, I mean, yes, I know Justin Tucker missed a couple of field goals, but in the red zone with a chance to tie it, you throw not only an interception, but pick six. Listen, he was, I think up until that point, he was flawless in the red zone. No, no interceptions. Yeah, he was. But, but I'm, I'm sorry, Max. I, I think some of this loss needs to be put on Lamar's shoulders. And I, Listen, he hasn't done uh, yes blowout games, yes against inferior teams, but let's not act like it's a rocket arm with Lamar Jackson, Max. Oh, I mean, you know, there's definitely concerns with Lamar, but I've been saying this for two years. I, I would like to see this team get bigger weapons for him, receivers. Uh, he's got a bunch of shrimps out there running around. Okay. I think they would just help. You know, it would help him throwing the ball with a bigger catch radius. And and another thing too is um, Greg Roman. Every time he, he he has one good year with a new new team, and then it goes to shit. Look at Kaepernick back in the day. Now look look, look at Lamar. I feel like his offense never get. It's just it's a flash in the pan for a year, and then it's like oh, Greg Roman's fired. Okay. I'm yep. just saying, if you want to get the most out of Lamar Jackson, you can't have these five foot ten guys out there that have, that have three. That, that's great. Let's get some bigger guys out there. Open up the, the catch radius a little bit. Yeah. All right. I mean, you're not wrong. Definitely not in the bottom. That's, that's what I'm saying. He's, he needs to be better. Obviously, he needs to be better. Obviously, yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, if if you're going to make Lamar Jackson the focal point of your team and investment, let's get let's do all the things you can do to see if he if you know get the most out of your investment. That's what you have to do with these quarterbacks, oh, but, especially ones with Lamar who, but, you know, okay, peaks okay, and valleys. Okay, but I feel like you're being a little hypocritical because you were ready to give up Sam Darnold for Trevor Lawrence, and yet... Yeah, who, let me tell you something too, Victor. <laughs> I'll be ready to get rid of him for Deshaun Watson too. Get well, out of your mind. <laughs> well, okay, okay, Max. The only thing I'll say to that is there's very few quarterbacks I wouldn't give up for Deshaun Watson. I mean, Deshaun Watson is a proven NFL quarterback. He's a top five, probably, honestly, top three at this point, quarterback in the league. Oh, oh, oh time out. You, you, can, you can't start loving Deshaun Watson. When Tommy was on his podcast, he called him out. You go, you know, I want a little bit more from him this year. I remember, oh, I remember you. Don't, you, you don't. Deshaun Watson? You're going to act like you don't know his name. No, I'm joking. But no, you. I remember th- this podcast. You and Tommy are ripping Lamar and uh, Deshaun Watson. No. I understand Lamar one, but deep down, I still, I still trust Lamar. No, or I, I don't do, trust him, but I, I got do, faith in him. I do remember that, Max. I do. And you're right. You're right. He called him out. me out. Yeah. I, and I did too. Um, But as the season kind of went on, I realized more and more how little he was working with. 
and I, you know, he 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 showed me something. I feel like at a point he stepped up his game in the year, and he never looked back. But yeah, no, Max, I was wrong back then. I was, I was, I was. You know, I, I, Victor, I appreciate that because yeah. Sean Watson, he's my favorite quarterback in the league. Oh my god! But no, back back to original point. Um. Yeah, the Darnold thing. I mean, listen, it's not like I do you, I don't dislike Sam Darnold. I never say he can't play. But again, I'm not some football guru, let alone I'm a Jets fan. I don't know if any of these quarterbacks are really that good. When I get people telling me the past three years that Trevor Lawrence is a guy, I know, sorry, I, I don't know. know. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. You bought into the mainstream media hype. It's okay. All right. Um, oh, we'll, here we go. We'll preview, we'll preview the upcoming championship games real quick, and then I'll ask you about the Jets. But first off, Max. Bills at the Chiefs. Max, do the Bills? Uh, I'm sorry. Do the Chiefs have a shot without Mahomes if he can't go again? First off, Max, did you see the play where he got knocked out? Yeah, I'm so glad that someone explained afterwards that it was a pinched nerve injury and he got knocked out because I thought it was a concussion knockout, and I was so confused as to where. He hit his head, so I'm glad that that was cleared up. But Max, do the Chiefs have a shot without Mahomes if Chad Henney starts? You know, I I thought they got the most out of Henney. What they needed to do, just win the football game against Cleveland. But playing four quarters against this Bills team, I I think Mahomes has to play. No, I, I, that's what I think at least. No, I I agree with you, Max. And to be honest with you, I, I forgot to mention this when we talked about the game, but I think the Browns missed a golden opportunity. I think that they blew a chance, a golden chance at winning that game. I think that they definitely had a shot to win that game and that they should have won that game. Even being down, what was it? 19 to three, right? 19 to three. Yeah. Yeah. They should have won that game once Henny came into. Oh, you you can definitely make the argument too. Play quarterback. Yeah. But Max, you know, Part of me wants to say that the defense is going to step up to the challenge and that they still have so many offensive weapons on that team. But I think it would be doing, I think it would be disrespecting the Bills because I do think the Bills really are a good team. And and I once again admit I was wrong about Josh Allen. He is a good quarterback. I think that without Mahomes, the Bills win that game. Yeah. And then finally. Uh, I, I hope not. I know, same here. You know, Max, can I just say real quick, Bill's Mafia. Oh, they're annoying. No, they, just, just say it. They're, they're annoying. so annoying. They do one of my, no, my biggest spe- sports pet peeve, and that's they make it. They make themselves a spectacle. They make it more about themselves. Like, yeah, you're, you're at a sports game. That should be the event in and of itself that is the event like don't don't go overboard don't try to like one up it like i think they're so moronic yet max i gotta give them credit after lamar jackson went out of that game yeah, that was, due to that injury. Was nice. classy move they donated to his charity next yeah. max bucks at the packers man i'm going i'm going with green bay I'm going Green Bay too because they're home. But Max, how impressive is it that Brady is playing in the championship game his first year in the NFC? 
yeah, I mean, I didn't think he looked all that great against New Orleans, but, you know, he's here, and it's, it's impressive at his age and, and switching teams. And, you know, no training camp to told, you know, new offense. offense. Now it's impressive. Say what you want about the guy, but, you know, it's impressive that he's here at this age it's and a Im- new team. It's impressive, Max, but the only thing I'll say is he's been – handed everything that he wanted this year. Whether it was drafting an offensive lineman in the first round of the draft, bolstering that offensive line, defense has played great. He wanted his buddy Antonio Brown. Got him. Leonard Fournette, a former first-round draft pick. Got him. Again, Bruce Arians says he's allowed him to coach, and that's the difference in Tampa versus New England. Relax, Bruce Arians. There's six reasons. There's six reasons that show that Belichick was doing something right in New England with Tom Brady. Hold your horses. <laughs> and frankly, if they don't win and make yeah. it to the Super Bowl and don't make the and don't win the Super Bowl, it's a disappointment. Finally yeah. finally, Max, real quick, I know you gotta go. Jets hired Rob Sala. Thoughts on that? You know, I uh I only know this guy because I saw, used to see him on the uh, sidelines, you know, yelling and screaming and you know, every, everyone I've listened to podcast-wise and people on Twitter say it's a great hire. It looks like, you know, he wants to be more of the CEO type, which I wanted the Jets coach to be, even though he he's obviously de- he was a, has a defensive background. You know, I'm willing he, – he's the anti-Adam Gates. He knows how to talk to people at a press conference. He has energy. It looks like he actually gives a shit and just doesn't, you know, uh, sit down on the bench and draw a little fake offensive plays because he's a guru. Uh, you know – what the hell do I know? I think it's going to be a good hire, hopefully. You know, I, I'm, I'm sick of these new coaches every year with the Jets. I, I want consistency at least. So, uh, you know, I'm ready to rock. Max, love his passion. I thought yep. the Jets had to go with him or Eric Benimi, who, again, doesn't seem to be getting a coaching job this time around. Very deserving yeah, of it. Obviously, what he's done in Kansas City. But, Max, thank you again. What is your Twitter handle and Instagram? It is... At Max Marshall 136. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another edition of Old School of Sport. Make sure you like us on Facebook, Old School of Sport, on Twitter, at Old School of Sport. Until next week, everyone, have a good one.